Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. My guest today on Talk Design is the fabulous Zara Dakota. Zara is an expert in healthy homes, and this goes really deep. Don't don't miss how deep this goes. It's not just about um, a bit of air freshener in there. This is about the whole structure of a home, the amount of love that's in it, and the amount of love it gives back to you. So Zara, welcome to Talk Design. I so appreciate you being here. I'm going to let you do a bigger intro than me, and my first question is going to be, just tell me um, about the healthy home, and... Then to, from there, tell me your journey of what made you so passionate about something that is so important to so many humans or to all humans. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me on Talk Design, Adrian. I'm very chuffed to be here. So my business is called The Healthy Home and I help parents create healthier home environments so that their families can thrive. So uh, if they're building or renovating a home, I help them choose healthy and sustainable building materials and also help them put together a brief for their architect and their builder um, for really important things to bear in mind with the design. Uh, And then I also have uh, e-courses. So whether you're building or you're in an existing home and you want to take steps to make your home healthier, um, you can be guided through the five pillars of the healthy home. Oh, cool. We can cover those five pillars very briefly. We can. Uh, okay, but before we do that, no, 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 let's not go there yet. <laughs> I want to know, because you are so passionate about this, and yeah. it's something I'm passionate about myself, and I don't have a deep understanding like you do of it. Yeah. What I want to know is, what got you here? What was what happened in your life? What what One morning you woke up and went, are those boards good or are they not good? Is that <laughs> or is it not okay? Is it a problem if I have concrete or is it, what is it? <laughs> What got you here? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's been it's been a seven year journey to this point. Um, starting with my breast cancer diagnosis at age twenty nine, um, another melanoma wow. two years later, and then uh, losing someone very close to me to cancer. Uh, and then off the back of that, spending five years navigating my way through um, health challenges associated with mold. So um, it's known as chronic inflammatory response syndrome from water damaged buildings. EMF sensitivity and chemical sensitivity. So uh, that has led me to the realisation that unhealthy homes are making us sick. And this has really all come about as a result of uh, frustration with uh, the lack of awareness and understanding about the importance of the choices we make in regards to building materials and how our homes are designed. I think, you know, it's so key. It is so key. The... A, there's the design of the home and what the intent of the home is when, when you're designing it. Um, you know, like I, I see some um, architecture where the house is just a lockdown, you know, it's just a, a, a box that's locked up and it's air-conditioned and mm. it looks to the outside but it doesn't necessarily get you to the outside. And then I see a lot of what we do here in, um, you know, the southeast Queensland and certainly other parts of Queensland where we go, we want, almost a seamless transition 
between the indoors and the outdoors. Yes. You know, we, we want to be able to bring the air through the house. And I say, if a house doesn't breathe, it's stale. Yeah. So if it's stale, then what's happening next? Yeah. And you know? I mean, in building biology, our homes are considered our third skin. So uh, our homes need to be able to breathe just, just like we do. Did you say our third skin? Yeah. So our clothes are our second skin. And our homes are our third skin. So can you like imagine wrapping yourself in plastic and you go for a run and you sweat? I don't know that that's legal anymore, is it? <laughs> <laughs> or you've got to pay somebody a lot to do that for you. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> yeah, I've got you. Yeah, wrapping yourself in plastic. You sweat. There's nowhere for the sweat to escape. It's like with our homes, if you if you put um, a aluminium sarking that can't breathe around your home then where's the moisture gonna go yeah where's it gonna get trapped inside the home yeah Yeah. and then what happens you get condensation and you'll get microbial growth um and mold problems in the home which can make you very sick there you go it's a pretty simple formula when when you look at it like that Mm. Do, do you know it's interesting you said about that plastic um wrapping yourself in plastic when I was, uh, so my background started in fashion many years ago yeah. of design. And um, when I was like a teenager, God, I don't know, maybe 17 or something, I was still living at home. And um, I used to make all my clothes. That's how I ended up being a fashion designer. As my mother wouldn't, you know, my mum said to me, there's a sewing machine, you can make your clothes. You don't need to buy them. <sighs> and um, I'm like, jeez, oh, yeah, I didn't like her for it. Um, but, but she was like, well, you've got talent, you can do it. And so I learned to make clothes and then I realized that all the patterns that, you know, you'd buy made terrible clothes. So then I went, well, that's not so hard. I'll make patterns. So then I made patterns and made clothes. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Anyway, one that in this particular time, um, I was going to some party and it was kind of in that punk new wave era kind of, of stuff. And so I made myself these clear plastic pants. Now, I, I had underwear, oh but my clear plastic pants. So I had like a, a see-through suit. I, I made a jacket as well, and um, it was a see-through suit. Anyway, I I walk out into our living room, you know, my, my parents are crustily sitting there watching the TV, and they're like, good God, what are you doing wearing that? And I'm like, I'm, I'm off, I'm out like this. And they're like, like that? You're serious? You're really going like that? And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, like this. And they're like, they just shook their head. And the funny thing was, is I, my house where I grew up, we had 36 stairs to get to our driveway. And then we had a driveway that went up a hill. By the time I got to the top of the hill, I didn't have anything see-through on anymore. It was just running with just rivulets of water because it had condensated so much. Yeah, wow. And probably 15 to 20 minutes. Yeah. So just, I've experienced that. (laughs) I really, I have to say, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, but thank you for helping prove my point. (laughs) The other thing that was fascinating with it was by the end of the night, I had on some, um, like, you know, what you would have called in those days, tennis shoes. So they were canvas um, shoes and they were just sopping wet. Like they were flooded with all the sweat that was running off my body. And I didn't wear the jacket in the end. I just had a, I actually had a tank top or something like that that I was wearing with the jacket. Yeah. So I just wore the tank top. Yeah, um, so an analogy for that could be like carpets in our home. Like I, one of my customers recently um, 
they ripped the carpet up in their home because she's suffering from mold-related illness as well. Um, and she no- she noticed a dramatic reduction in how much moisture the dehumidifier is pulling out of the air because it's not getting trapped by the carpet. So true. Mm. So true. It's a it is a big subject. Like it's a huge subject, and yeah. um, I I suppose the things that what I, I'll ask you to do, you can tell us the five pillars first, but I'll ask you this is simple tips for people, some simple things that, um, and, and how they may, may recognize that um, they may be undiagnosed, but they might be suffering from something. Yeah. Um, and especially, I've got a daughter who suffers from asthma and um, you know, you don't want them to live in a cell you want them to be able to live in the world mm. um, and just getting a balance of that. Um, yeah. you know, in the primary space. So tell us about the five pillars. Yep. So the first one is clean air. So air quality is really important and indoor air is estimated to be three to five times more polluted than outdoor air, according to the US EPA. Um, and then there is the light. So the quality of the light, so lots of natural light and then also the type of lighting that we use. Uh, then there is... Uh, low frequency, so reducing our exposure to high-level electromagnetic fields and radio frequency radiation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's water quality. Obviously, water is pretty fundamental to our health, and there's all sorts of um, nasty uh, contaminants that make their way into our water supply. And then there is low-tox, so uh, looking at cleaning, personal care products, building materials, paints, um, furnishing. Gotcha. Yeah. So the, a lot of this, um, like, you know, we've got air, light, uh, radiation, water, and low tox. A lot of it gets driven by cost. Um, mass produced, you know, like yes, lowest cost um, as opposed to yeah. highest health. It's true. And in some instances, the healthiest choice can be the more expensive but in others it's it's much of a muchness and it's simply by being aware and making a better choice that you can make a profound difference so it education is key absolutely yeah cool um i want to go to one of those subjects which is light yeah because our fascination with led yeah and our fascination with devices um yeah that steal us steal steal health from us yeah um, not just mental health but um health as in the light source health oh it's, uh, it's staggering let's talk about that a little bit yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and the differences between where we've come from and where we are now yeah and if there's what else there could be in the future yeah so there's two two things so there's natural light something that most people probably wouldn't realize is that sunlight actually kills mold spores so having natural light in the home will have an influence on air quality in a really positive way. Uh, and I, I've moved up to northern New South Wales, and when I was looking for a home, I was really staggered by the lack of natural light in so many homes here, um, which mm-hmm. in a humid climate where mould is more likely, um, yep. I was really surprised by. And then so there's artificial light. So there is a huge push for LED lights for energy efficiency but so the lights in my home I I can't have them on at night because they're so blinding really harsh blue light Uh, and what that can do is interrupt our circadian rhythm 
um, it can affect our production of melatonin. Uh, and so this is, this is, this blows my mind. So melatonin regulates excess estrogen and excess estrogen is linked to breast cancer. So yep. something as simple as getting the light right in your home can reduce your risk of getting your risk. breast cancer. Just incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And then, so there's a professor, Professor Stevens, the head of the American Medical Association said in 2016, that the need for energy efficient lighting is serious, but so too is minimizing the risk from bad lighting. It, it's something that um, I read about probably, I reckon two, maybe two years ago, three years ago. And I went, what the, and especially the melatonin thing. And as you said, the estrogen thing as well. Um, and you go, hold on a second. We're filling our homes with this mm. and um, we're regulated to do it as well. Um, not only is, are we filling our homes, we're regulated to do it. And uh, one of the, the beautiful things that probably a few years before that, that happened is, is we had a revival back into the old coiled, um, you know, with fashion and trend, but the old yeah. coiled incandescent lights. Yeah, I love incandescent lights. But yeah, also you can have, like, instead of having lots of LED lights on the roof shining down and casting shadows all over the room, you can do, like, feature walls like they do in hotels. So it's not actually yeah. glaring down on you. Yeah, so that you're baking less in it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's a fascinating thing. And, and, and we don't have the, the length of data to see it on mass yet. We There's don't some see pretty interesting studies cause. on PubMed about... Um, the impact that it has on uh, night shift workers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's some pretty compelling data. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fabulous. Well, not fabulous. Hopefully, hopefully there's going to be some fabulous outcomes from it. You know, wherever there's a problem, there's an opportunity for innovation. Yeah, I hope and, so. And um, yeah, it, it will do. It's like what happens to the generation that had to learn the problem, and then I where does so. it go yeah. from there? Yeah. Um, I certainly know that uh, there's, I've read stuff where it can be linked to ADHD and stuff like that as well for kids, not linked to it. It doesn't help it. It doesn't, yeah. it doesn't allow their, um, those Cadian rhythms to settle properly and to get into the right zone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I sort of like, yeah, I'm, I'm always cautious with people when I'm talking to them about the lighting in their home and how it could be used and what would be best and what wouldn't be best. It's not just about the power bill. It's, yeah. Um, yeah, it goes beyond that. Um, the other one that I love is uh, air because I, my own philosophy is, is that every home should breathe. Now, in different climates, that's easier said than done. Um, certainly where we are, being you down there and me just up the road kind mm. of. Um, we have the opportunity to let our house breathe. You know, my, my home, the, um, the doors at the back of my home are open for at least nine months of the year and probably 10. Yeah. And then they're still open even when it's cold with the exception of maybe at night they'll get closed, but then maybe, you know, a few weeks over the entire year. Um, so my house, uh, has got like these massive gaping holes in it that are open all the time because Amazing. of the fact that we open them. And yeah. so we have fresh air that's coming through the home constantly. Yeah. 
um, your thoughts around this with design? Well, yeah, passive ventilation is a really uh, important thing to aim for with design. Um, it's interesting in humid climate. So in my home, for instance, I, I actually really struggled in my first summer here because the humidity levels in my home were like 85% and mould can thrive in um, above 70% humidity. So I actually have, like in my bedroom, I have a, even though I'm right by the ocean and I'd love to have the ocean breeze coming in, I've actually got it closed off. So I'm keeping the humidity below 60% um, to prevent mould and dust mites. So 60% is also dust mite territory. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Mm. How do you measure it? Uh, I've got thermohygrometers um, in different rooms in my house. It's, yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm just making myself a little note on that. I like that. <laughs> it's a, well, it's a really key thing. It's really critical. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I so, like and because I think, you know, if any, like, people with asthma or respiratory issues or mm -hmm. skin mm -hmm. irritations uh that's something really important to consider is are there any sources of moisture in the home uh what are the humidity levels um because yep. it, it could be airborne um mold mycotoxins or dust mites that are contributing so is that a is that a uh, is well sorry does air conditioning become an answer uh yes it can yes help and what comes yeah. with that? What comes with it? Oh, well, there's energy. So you get yeah, yeah, energy usage. But other yep. than that, what what's the what's the the warning or the downside or the the thing to watch out for with is living in an air conditioned environment? Well, obviously, there's benefits to having. <laughs> there's there's pros and cons to having both natural and yeah. I mean, I tend to because I don't have. I, I tend to air condition downstairs when it's um you know when it's particularly humid just to dry the air out a bit but obviously I don't want to be having my air conditioner on all the time so it's, it's really about balance yeah and air conditioning I, units can also you know they need to be cleaned and maintained regularly because there can be mold in air conditioning units yes exactly especially yeah. ducted systems and yeah. things like that something they do in the states you'll quite often see that where they are pretty heavily reliant on um, air conditioning is they will do this thing where they um, they take the say the ceiling space of a house so in inside the ceiling in the roof space and they'll completely seal the roof space yeah. so that there is no airflow in there whatsoever yeah um, and the reason for that is is because they've got an air conditioning box in there and what it does is it reduces well it, it stops the humidity and condensation in the air conditioning piping and so with being able to regulate that, it stops like, you know, the likes of disease and mold and stuff growing within the air conditioning system. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So they'll, it, you see different things in different parts of the world and it's yeah. pretty interesting. It is interesting. Yeah. Just even like you'll see, um, I've got a friend who's a builder in, in, in Texas and uh, he'll run his roof battens. So on an angle instead yeah. of flat. And they will have angles and drip holes through them because there will be condensation between the sarking and the and the tin. So he's he so, allow the air gaps between the two. Do you mean between he he does not only the air gap it means that the condensation follows a line that yeah. goes down, which means that that water comes out 
it doesn't just sit against a baton and not get through. Yeah, okay. And does they do a, a sealed building system? Yeah, and does do they, do they use aluminium psychic? Uh, to tell you the truth, probably, but I don't know. Yeah. But that would be uh, above a chipboard or above a plywood. So you get plywood and then they batten it. Well, then they'll sark it, then they'll batten it, and then they'll um, put the roofing over the top of that, where we don't yeah. seal out. We don't do that extra layer. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Mm. Interesting. Um, what about... Um, Low frequency radiation, which yeah. is our uh, <laughs> our mobile phones and our Wi-Fi and our yes, everything. Smart homes. I, I don't think they're that smart, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Is, is there some sort of like simple tips with that? Because, you know, you see the people with their sticker on the back of their phone that's going to, oh, you know, so that sort of stuff. But is, yeah, yeah. Is there some simple tips, though, yeah. with that? So, I've got my internet hardwired rather than mm -hmm. having Wi-Fi. Wi um, from a building point of view, um, minimizing metal because that is a conductor of EMF. So, mm -hmm. I mean, if you've got a colobon steel roof with aluminium sucking and metal metal poles, metal, metal framing, that's going to exacerbate mm -hmm. um, EMFs in the home. Uh, steel reinforcements in concrete slabs as well can pick up stray currents um but in terms of what else you can do i have my phone i disable wi-fi i use cellular data on my phone i use um i use air tube headsets instead of wired yes. headsets um ah. well i didn't even know that existed yeah yeah so there's lots of really simple things that you can do to cool reduce your exposure. So that's the kind of stuff that for the audience they can go that they're in their personal kind of space yeah you know, these are things they can do. What about when you're consulting for, say, an architect or a building designer, something like that? What, what, what's, what's that cover off? Yeah, so that takes into consideration, uh, so how natural a building material is and whether it's ecologically compatible, uh, how breathable it is, and will it help regulate humidity in the home? Uh, will it release? toxic chemical vapors into the home like VOCs or radon gas. So granite, for example, looks great on kitchen benches, but it can emit um, radon gas into your home, which is the second leading cause of lung cancer. Um, yeah. Is it is it uh, electrically conductive? So will it, um, yeah, will, it will it exacerbate EMFs in the home? Uh, and then the overall health impact uh, yeah, so I rate I rate each material based on ten different criteria and give quite an in depth analysis, and it also takes into account uh, cradle to grave the life cycle of the material. So how much I energy is required to produce it, to um, transport it to your home, uh, what happens after at the end yeah. of its useful life? Will it leach toxic chemicals into landfill? Can it be recycled? All that sort of stuff. Yep, I love that. I love that cradle to grave. That's yeah. so cool because I get people who will say to me, oh, you know, we want a really sustainable home. And I, my my answer is, is, yeah, I think that's fantastic. What does that mean? What does it mean? And um, and they don't know what it means in particular. Like, And we, we end up with the intent yeah. and we end up with large parts that become sustainable. But yeah. when you go cradle to grave, that's a, that's a rabbit hole that um, <laughs> that you need an expert. You need yeah. an expert who can go, you know what, this is your better option because there are only options. There is yeah. 
no and, perfect option. And this is, a, I think it's a really important message to get across is it's not about striving for perfection um, yeah. because that's it's pretty hard, um, but making better choices where you can and there's, you know, just by getting a few really key things right, you can make a massive difference to how healthy and sustainable your home is. I love that. I love that. So another one that I wanted to ask about was um, we, we know how you got to where you're going and <laughs> we know that you've got this, um, this ability to teach people with your e-learning service or your e-learning. Yeah. Um, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, so I've got the Healthy Home e-course and that guides people through each of the five pillars of the healthy home. So if, the, if people want to know how to exactly what, EMFs and radio frequency radiation are and how to reduce their exposure. I go through all the research, um, independent peer-reviewed scientific research, um, got incredible webinars with experts, and then I've also got downloadable checklists, so checklists for how to improve air quality and prevent mould in your home, how to reduce your exposure yeah, cool. to EMF. We look at different types of water filtration systems. Uh, we look at uh, low-tox bedding, low VOC paints. And you do this um, obviously for everywhere because uh, your you know, web address is .global, yep. um, which I loved. I went, I love that. Um, <laughs> with that, uh, if somebody, say, from the UK or from yep. you know, America was to contact you, um, is it totally relevant? Absolutely. I've, I've had um, someone going through our course um, in Mallorca in Spain, um, yeah, it's all all the principles are relevant globally. And and with it, what what will they know when they've done the course? What will they what will they be able to do with the knowledge they've got? Uh, the, to, uh, to be honest, the, the people that have gone through the course already this year inspire me so much. They've um, the way they've implemented their learnings already. So they've they've started filtering their water. They've hardwired their internet. Um, they're you know. They've improved the lighting. They're all, yeah, they're real action takers. The, the other thing that they get that, that, that they love is a supplier list. So, and this is something that I wish had existed for me because you can spend hours on end going down so many different rabbit holes and the greenwashing um, is real. Um, products that claim to be really healthy often aren't. Um, so I've done all the research and have that recommended for them. I think that's a that's probably the biggest part is is like you know um, if, if I had to go to the store or to the supplier and read every label yeah a it'd probably be beyond my comprehension yeah um, but b it um, knowing how to read a label knowing yeah. what the three things to look for are or if it says this move to the next product you know and, but it can even um like i was explaining to you before the low voc paints are really misleading and you can't tell by just reading the label whether it is actually low voc because they don't take into account semi voc so low voc paint can have fungus have formaldehyde in it so what's a semi voc so antimicrobials like um fungicide is one so to prevent mold and microbial growth but that's um you know paint paint should be breathable so they enable the building materials to breathe rather than having um fungicide anti-fungicidal ingredients added yeah right yeah of course yeah the, the paint isn't the thing that's meant to kill mold yeah it's preventing moisture choosing yes. materials yeah. that aren't yeah as you say if it breathes it's okay yeah and if it can um handle sunlight 
of course, is the other thing. Yeah. Mm, fascinating. <laughs> fascinating. Um, where's the journey taking you? Where's it going to go? What What's next for it? Well, I would I. What, what's next for it? So I'm. I mean, I'm continuing my studies in building biology. So looking at um, more in depth at different aspects of a healthy home. But I'm. I'm going to create more e courses. Um, so a yep. building materials e course will be next. Uh, and yeah, I really. I guess I really want to shape things up in terms of the way we think about how our homes are designed and built because uh, it's a massive opportunity not just to improve our own health but to create a more sustainable environment for all of us. Sure, sure. Look, you know, I mean, every now and then we'll knock down a house because it's um, uneconomic to keep it or it's in the wrong position or something like that. And uh, you think of the, uh, A, the rubble, the, the, what, what comes out of it, but... Um, what you don't really think about is the layers of old paint and the um, the toxics that, yeah. or the toxins that are held in that old structure. Like you don't really get to consider those. You're just removing it. No. And uh, it, it, that all goes somewhere. It goes in the air when it's yeah. being, um, you know, when the when the job's yeah, happening. Exactly. We've got a house at the moment that has been knocked down, and um, somebody kindly has buried on that site um, an old probably super six roof or something it's an asbestos roof and uh, that's been buried there for many years and it's scattered Gosh. pretty much all over the site and I was talking to the builder the other day and he said yeah well, he said it's it's a big pill to swallow it's it's somewhere around uh, it's not a twenty thousand dollar problem and I said really and he goes hmm he said, I would say it's between a fifty and $90,000 problem. Oh, my gosh. And when you consider that, um, the, a, the, the financial cost, which yeah. is one thing, but beyond that, that somebody's uh, either lack of knowledge or it would have been buried a long time ago, but their lack of knowledge, their lack of um, understanding or their laziness or whatever has yeah. such an impact further down that you know the the soil off the site has been dug off and trucked to a facility where then it will have yeah. to be dealt with. Um, yeah. And you go, it, it's it's frightening that this is what we live with, and at least at least we do live with the fact that there's something being done. Yes. That's the, that's the upside. We're living with the fact that something's being done. Yeah. Um, but when you consider that uh, old building materials can be heavily toxic. Um, it, it, it's a it's a it's a risk that you take especially in renovating um, yeah, and definitely. home renovators are probably the the ones who don't know the steps yeah and so yeah, doing doing a course room. like yours yeah yeah, yeah lead just, paint asbestos yeah 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 those kind of things I remember my dad's a, an artist a fine artist but years ago he used to paint billboards and he's 92 now but he was telling me um He's telling me, you know, that you used to drink beer when you were painting. And I'm like, why? Like, why would you do that? And he's like, well, because beer makes you pee. And if, you, if you're using lead paint, he, oh, in the olden days, goodness. he said, it would take it through your body quicker. It would pass it through your body quicker. So painters used to were they wearing drink masks? beer. No, God, no. They, it was lead paint. <laughs> but that in the olden days that's what they did like and so they would drink beer because they knew it had an effect oh my gosh yeah 
pretty interesting, eh? Yeah. Um, and but I mean, he also smokes. Or he did. Doesn't now. Hasn't for many years. But he used to smoke. You know, sixty cigarettes a day as well. But, um, probably didn't know any better. What doesn't kill you? Well, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. <laughs> as I say, he's ninety-two now, so oh, and going yeah. strong. Yeah, That's impressive. Yeah, it is. But uh, yeah, just interesting. Those kind of toxins and stuff that people are unaware of. And I go, of course, of course, like yours gives people the awareness of nothing else. Yeah. Um, you know, all of us in the industry have an awareness. Uh, my other thing was going to be, so you, 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 your business is kind of business to customer um, or consumer as opposed to B2B, um, being business to business. Surely, like, your knowledge is so something that is, you know, vital for, um, you know, like you say, paint companies or lighting companies and yep. um, these kind of things. Yeah, I well, my opinion's obviously biased, but I absolutely um, think that it is. Everyone, um, yeah, needs to be needs to have this knowledge when they're choosing or recommending home even even products. at supplier level. You know, like so, we go and buy a something from the plumber's supplies or we write a, a certain paint on our specification and yeah. we do all these things. We're making choices for people. You know, you said before about granite and, you know, um, we we do use some, but we use a lot of uh, a product called laminum, which is a, a large format tile. So mm-hmm. it's a vitrified tile and it's made of clay. I don't know what else. Um, it's got less to, than 2% moisture in it, but it's it replicates granite or marble or whatever but um highly sustainable doesn't get dug out of the earth other than the clay um but yeah i go you look at all these things you look at the the silicosis problem that uh the you know the industries around man-made reconstituted stone is is facing yeah um, and you go these are kind of things that and then are, you've you know, got the resins that are used to bind it like urea formaldehyde which is off gassing into your kitchen um, but yeah, any anything sourced from the earth can be radioactive. So you, you need to be looking at where that product has been sourced. Is it an area? It's not as as, huge, as big a problem in Australia, but you definitely do. And that's not to say don't use stone at all in the home. It's just yeah, you know, it's just in the right just places. What you're doing and where you're doing it. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, I um. I think that it's like one of the things that would be really key. We will obviously post this uh on the podcast but um all your socials and not only that um we want to be able to if you can tell people your address web address now that tells them how to find you and what to do with that that would be really brilliant yeah sure my so my web address is uh www.thehealthyhome.global uh and there's a contact form on that website so um yeah drop me an email and i'd be happy to respond I think it's, you know, like, we'll, we'll, as I say, we will post that without a doubt. And the outcomes of, of doing the course with you is whether it be on a personal in my home level yeah. and uh, I'm already here, what can what would make the difference? And then on a building design or architectural level, what would make the difference? And then go beyond that to a supplier point so that they can have better advice for people. And then beyond that to... Um, the manufacturing part of it so that it's got a layer in it's got a you know a head fish what is it they say a a fish rots from the head yes and um so you've got to get to the head of it at some point but often it might take all the people saying it stinks 
to get to absolutely the and actually i think one of the other aspects of this that i haven't really talked to that's been really powerful both for me and the people that have been through the course is the community aspect um you know it's a community of people that are really conscious about this stuff and wanting to make better choices but kind of feeling you know like their friends and family think they're a bit mad um so well, they are but they, they better kind of... to be mad and alive than mad and dead <laughs> or sick so we you know in our facebook group the discussions and the threads and i mean there's so much knowledge that exists within that group and the way they help and support each other and you know they're often very well researched and knowledgeable themselves so yeah the community oh. aspect of it is, is, is amazing a good friend of mine and um yet to interview him but he makes um steel and um no or low nickel or no nickel um cookware yes and, uh, that solid oh, techniques oh that's that's yeah. one of my uh, that's a brilliant i've got one of their pans right so mark is uh, a longtime friend of mine and my wife's actually the curator of his kickstarter campaign oh wow yeah so small world eh? yeah um, <laughs> you know their pans will last live longer than we will <laughs> yeah absolutely they heirloom pans you hand them down yeah without a doubt um, he has this very, very, very big, uh, kind of like push without naming and shaming, but a big, big push on, you know, coated pans and stuff like that and what it's doing in your Tip place, you one, know, yeah. it just, yeah, just all these things, like there's so many things that are somewhat dangerous for us or, or very dangerous for us yeah. that are just in our, in our day-to-day lives that yeah. we are not aware of. Um, but yeah, that, uh. He, he has an incredible conversation around that and around what the difference is and why it makes a difference and, you know, like why we should be um, or, or the health benefits of using something different. Yeah. And that's a really simple little, you know. Yeah, like what we cook our food in yeah. and what makes its way to our food is, yeah. Yeah. It's certainly it's not something I thought about until a few years ago. Your community and his community should um, – should talk i'm sure they'd have a lot in common <laughs> i'll put you in touch with him yeah amazing yeah yeah because there'll be an awful lot in common because Definitely. those people are already conscious and they're the, the tribe of you know is very conscious and hungry for more hungry for more to to just do that bit better yeah definitely um, and, you know, it's a step-by-step thing. It's not you have to do it all overnight. No, there's not. And this is, I find a lot of my um, customers, they've already kind of taken that first step. They've gotten rid of the toxic cleaning and personal care. And now they kind of want that yeah. next step, but don't really know where to start. And the thing that I always say is Rome was not built in a day. It's not like you, you shouldn't be striving to make all these changes at once. It's, you know, I, I'm so like, it's taken me five years to get my the ideal water filtration system that I want um you know it's an ongoing process yeah absolutely yeah that's been fascinating I love it I oh. love it and I know we could probably talk I'm sure the whole could. day out I would, <laughs> love, I would love to actually um you know set up a time and and uh maybe maybe um when you're allowed out of New South Wales. Oh, I actually crossed at... the border yesterday. I, I, oh, I felt like a, a little escapee. <laughs> exactly, like you're about to get locked up. There was no wall yet. Um, yeah, I'd love to get together and uh, actually video something that we talk through a set of plans and oh, go, okay, what would that, that be? Let's, Maybe for let's my next that course, we could create yeah. some content together. 
that would be really fun because um, there'd be so much to be learnt on on my side for oh, sure. Me from you as well. Yeah, maybe hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just just so that people can uh, take it and go. Okay, so these are principles. Yeah. And these are why these principles work. And then what do we do to to make things better with that? That would be a really I'd love that cool little thing. Yeah, let's it's let's set your that premiere. up. We'll, um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> let's let's set that up. Yeah, um, for sure. Well, you know, Zara, it was absolutely brilliant. I, I've got a bunch of notes without a doubt here that are really cool, oh. and I'm looking and I'm going. I, I we could dig into any one of these subjects so deeply. What oh, I yeah. would encourage yeah, the audience to do is to reach out to you. Um, and just get on your website and have a look and, and understand a little bit a little bit more yeah. because it will open your eyes to that there's so much more that's worth knowing. Yeah, and if you're on Instagram, I'm on there ranting oh, pretty course. much daily on Instagram, sorry, so come <laughs> hang out there. <laughs> I think that's how I found you. <laughs> and I do tend to go rogue sometimes, so be warned. But, it's... <laughs> but you know, that's the passion. Yeah. And you, 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 there's no point in locking the beast away. No. Because the world sings when, you know, when people who are passionate can actually and make sense and do research. When you, the, the world comes alive with those people, that's what makes oh. it so special. Well, it's a great you value that you add. Having me on here. It's, um, yeah, it's been, I've loved chatting to you and I love your passion for, for what you do. Awesome, hun. Thank you so much. Let's, um, let's hook up and we'll, we'll make something happen. Yeah, definitely. I really love that. Sounds awesome. Fantastic. Go and enjoy your day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Hi, this is Richard Petrie from the Architect Marketing Institute. And this is Richard's Magic Arrows. Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. So the problem with winning great design projects is you have to sell and no one likes selling. So the secret is don't sell. Be like a doctor, do your diagnosis first. Now I'm going to give you a very simple tool today which is going to change everything. Don't sit there and talk to them and explain why you're the best. Ask questions. So the first question you're going to ask is what do you want? And then you're going to follow up with why. So what do you want? Why? What do you want? Why? And then you can follow up with why, why, why? You're going to peel the onion and find out what they really want. If there's anything that I've learned over the years and that I've actually become good at myself, it's finding people's hot buttons, finding the core driver that's driving their decision-making and driving everything that they want. And you can do the same very quickly. Okay, so what do you want? Well, I want the best house in the street. Why? Well, I want to be seen as successful. Why do you want that? Well, as a kid, my family always treated me like the last kid in the family. So you want a house that makes the family realize how successful you've become. That's right. That's what I want. Now, that's very different from the best house in the street. You might design a house that makes the family envious different than you would design the best house in the street. What if you asked a different question of someone else? What do you want? Well, I want a blue, soft colors, uh, pastels. Why? Well, I want the place to be re relaxing. Why? Well, 
I work a hard job and, and I get really stressed. I'm having problems with my health. So you want a sanctuary where you can come home and recharge. That's exactly what I want, a sanctuary. Now designing a sanctuary where someone can come home and recharge might be very different from building a house that has blue and soft colours. But it's by asking these questions, what do you want and why, that you end up peeling back the onion and finding out not what the person says they want, but what they really want. Now while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.